0: are ambitious they are supporters they are hustlers they champion other women they are boss babes the ottawa valley is full of boss babes and i'm here to tell you who they are amanda talker media helps entrepreneurs and small business owners in the ottawa valley grow by gaining confidence through strategic branding photography and social media marketing her services include brand identity brand photography and videography, social media marketing, and so much more. Amanda has teamed up with HA Video Productions to offer their social media workshops and other great services. It's time to add some fresh, creative content to your feed. Get in touch with Amanda on Facebook or Instagram at amandatalker.media to help you capture, market, and showcase your brand on all platforms. Hello, 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 and welcome to the OB Boss Babes podcast. Born and raised in Toronto, this babe started her military career at the early age of 17. After moving to Halifax, she met her now husband, and after only four short months of dating, they were married, and they've been together ever since. She worked for the Canadian Armed Forces for 13 years and knew that more improvements needed to be made, not just for women, but for pregnant and new mothers. Due to the lack of available resources, she decided to become a certified maternal support practitioner, also known as a doula while off on mat leave. This busy mama four has been working as a birth and postpartum doula for the last year, mostly serving the Canadian Armed Forces women and spouses. Please welcome Jay Day from the baby days in Petawawa. Jay, how are we doing this evening? I'm doing great, Holly. How are you? I'm good. I'm so excited to get you on the podcast, Jay. Um, This episode is actually going to be coming out on Mother's Day. So one day early, I think my listeners are going to be super excited to get the podcast one day in advance. And uh, so we just want to give a little shout out to all moms that are out there that are listening. You guys are doing a great job and hope that you guys have a wonderful Mother's Day today. All right, Jay, so let's talk about you. So I did note in my opening that you're from Toronto and then you moved to Halifax, but I have a feeling I can understand how you guys got to Petawawa. I'm assuming it was because you and your husband got posted here, but I really want to get into your love story first and foremost, because that's how, you know, you becoming a doula kind of, uh, kickstarted that, you know, before joining Uh, or during, I guess, when you joined the forces, but let's talk about you two and how quickly you guys jumped into marriage. I need to hear this love story.
1: Okay, so, um, I moved to Halifax, um, I think it was the beginning of 2013, and, um, my husband, I, I didn't know him, but we had a mutual friend, so his name was Jeff, and, um, I worked with him and he also had worked with my husband. So we, so I, I got a text from Jeff one day and he had asked, he's like, hey, did you wanna to go to the motorcycle show? He's like, I know you were interested with, um, in getting your M license. And I was like, yeah, okay. Like when is it and where is it? So he told me it was a day, like it was a, a Saturday. And uh, we, like I drove to his, ha- to Jeff's house. I met his girlfriend. I got in the back seat with um, them too. And then they drove over to the next apartment. And of course, my husband, Alex, gets in. And um, we just kind of chatted a little bit, not as much. So after the show was done, Alex had asked everybody, hey, um, do you want to just go for like have a barbecue at my house, Um, like his apartment? And we were all like, yeah, for sure. And then Jeff and Danielle, who are actually now married with two kids, um, they just left me at this, the stranger's house, but they knew him really well. They knew like everything would be fine. Um, so Alex and I ended up just sitting on the couch, just talking. And we literally talked for three hours and then, um, fast forward later, we like, I ended up moving into his apartment and he had told me, he's like, Oh, this isn't going to be like a a six month engagement as in like, he wasn't going to propose in six months and I was like oh that's way too quick yeah and literally the next month he proposes <laughs> were you shocked or were you kind of like uh, expecting it in a way just because of how quickly things were going I wasn't expecting it at all because I had gone to go get my hair done for I think a mess dinner and I parked the car and I was walking back and I see his friend hiding in the bushes like in front of his apartment I'm like what is he doing like, yeah friend Adam who's also now married with kids on the way um and I'm waving at Adam saying hi and he's like oh he's like oh just stand there and I'm like oh okay like so I'm like frozen like literally froze like on the sidewalk on the main street and everybody's just like passing by and then I see a vase of roses on the sidewalk and I'm like this is this is weird so I like walked up to it and I look and it's um I don't remember what it says now but um so and then I see him walk out and he like comes out and walks over to me and he kneels down and says like the cutest little speech ever and I'm like bawling and my hair is like all nicely done my makeup is all nicely done for the messenger I'm supposed to have that night um and of course I said yes and it was literally like it was we woke up on a Sunday and um he, he like we were like Okay, let's just get married tomorrow We're like okay and we found a justice of the peace last minute who was over the moon excited to do it for us so we ended up getting married at point pleasant park um and then we did our big catholic ceremony in toronto with all of our family because his family is actually from orangeville so it was like a one-stop shop kind of thing um and yeah and then we had babies moved like a ton of times um but yeah so that's our that was uh how we first met <laughs> wow what a journey it's been for you guys
0: and how old are you when you got married to jay
1: um i think i was
0: i was 21 or okay yeah so I was twenty-one. now i have to ask you then what did your family think because at 21 years old if i told my parents i just started dating my you know my boyfriend and suddenly like two months later we're engaged so i think my parents would be like holly Holly, no, like you're too young. Like we're not supporting this. Like,
1: at least like that's what I think that my parents would probably say, but did you have that support at least? Well, so for us, we were like, okay, we knew we were getting married um, and we got married. And literally the week, like the week after we told our families, Hey, we're thinking about getting married. What do you think? And his parents, like his parents had always told him, like as soon as he left for the military, they're like, he's gonna bring home a wife. He's not gonna bring home a girlfriend. He's probably gonna bring home a wife. And that's exactly what happened. I never met his family beforehand. And with my parents, it was, um, it was very hard for them to accept for a really long time, up until we had our Catholic wedding ceremony. And anytime like my dad would be like, oh yeah, like, Jay's boyfriend, and I'm like, Dad, we're married. I'm like, hey,
0: married no, for- my dad said that too with me and my sisters for the longest time, which oh is so God. funny. It must be a dad thing because my dad would say it too. Because my, I'm at least a little older, but I was the last one in my family to get married, and I think my youngest sister, she's five years younger than me, and I want to say she was 24. And my my dad would say the same thing. He'd be like, Oh, is your boyfriend coming over? And and my sisters would be like, Dad husband and he's like I just can't wrap my head around that you girls are married
1: so it must be a dad thing <laughs> I don't know it could be or it's just my parents are like extremely like I want to say staunch Catholics yeah um so it was it was a really hard adjustment for them um because I, I'm their baby hmm And I got married without them there. My sister was so upset because she was like, I would have flown down. My husband's brother, uh, my brother-in-law was so upset. And he's like, I could have flown down. We're like, no, like we just wanted you guys like not to be part of it. Like we want to do it ourselves. Yeah, so what was the rush? Um, There was really no rush. Like it was just, we, um, I didn't even care. Like, I was just like, I just want to marry you because I know you're the one and I feel that passionate about you mm-hmm. and it was reciprocated as well so it was like let's just leave our I don't want to say dramatic family but our like all the drama all of, like the stress away and let's just do this the way that we wanted to and yeah. honestly like I preferred our Halifax marriage and wedding yeah. over our Toronto yeah.
0: one well like small micro weddings are kind of becoming the norm right now anyways with COVID. So, you know, maybe this is a good way to tell our brides to be, you know, go for the micro wedding. It's a lot less stressful and a lot less crazy. All right. Well, Jay, we're going to get right into your practice of being a doula.
1: So can you tell us what exactly is a doula? So um Adula is a professional who provides emotional, mental, and uh physical uh support to a mom um throughout her pregnancy, birth, and uh postpartum period. Um every pregnancy is so different and even every birth is so different. Um, and I could definitely like talk about that, like with how different all three of my births were, um, absolutely crazy, but, um, yeah, so that's what a doula does. And, um, I honestly think that like every mom, I wish, honestly, I, I wish in a way I had hired a doula when I had all my babies, but, um, we did childbirth classes with a doula actually. And she was um, supposed to be our our doula for when I had Charles, my first, but her daughter ended up being going into labor the same day, so she wasn't able to be there, but um, she ran my husband through everything and he was absolutely amazing. What made you
0: decide then to want to become a doula? I know I kind of talked about it in my opening bio about you being in the Canadian Armed Forces and them not being enough um, resources to to assist um, pregnant and new moms. So what made you decide to tap
1: into that? So when I had the girls, um, my twins, I... um, I attended a fourth trimester class with um, a former midwife in Barrie. Her name is Emma. And um, I had um, I, I decided to breastfeed the twins. Um, so she was able to help me out because she was also a certified lactation consultant. And anyways, so going through the entire series with her, it was about four weeks long. So it was every Saturday morning. Um, I realized, I'm like, this is definitely something I want to do. But my ultimate goal is actually to become a midwife. But however, however, in the um, forces, we don't have a position for midwives. Um, They used to have doctors that would birth babies, um, things like that, like back in the day, but they don't anymore. So that's why they always outsource. But I had um, realized, I'm like, yeah, this is definitely my calling. And then you talked about considering becoming a midwife, but can you tell us the difference between a doula and a midwife? Yeah. So, um, for a midwife, they provide medical care throughout the pregnancy, birth, and the postpartum period, um, for the mom. And of course, for the baby, um, midwives, they work to keep, uh, mom and baby safe. And, um, normally when you would go, when you would, um, Hire uh, not, I don't want to say hire a midwife, but go with um, a midwifery practice. Um, usually a doula would be included with that. because um, midwives and doulas, they work very close together. And any of the midwives I've ever worked with, too, they have just been absolutely amazing with like just the knowledge that they have, just the way that um, they do things compared to an OB um, an obstetrician gynecologist. And I mean, like I've had amazing OB GYNs as well, but, um, definitely midwives. And I've even had three midwives that, um, that I've worked with that have all been pregnant while birth, like while helping to birth, um, I guess like catching the baby, but, um, it was just amazing. Like, it was like, wow, you're 36 weeks pregnant. Um, they were all like very close in there at the end of their pregnancy. And they were all there like to help support the like these three other moms that I had worked with. And it was just amazing. Like just amazing that like they, like, they could still do that, even growing a baby and helping somebody else have their baby, so. Okay. That's incredible. Well, Jay, can you tell us why should someone consider getting a doula and what are the benefits? Um, So I would say anyone should consider a doula when they think about just having a baby. Um, Whether it is their first or even their seventh baby. Um, Just like hiring a doula, like you would find out the pros and cons of any choice that you'd make. So with an epidural, of course, there's pros and cons of it. Um, even with having a home birth, um, unmedicated, of course, there's pros and cons with it. You like a doula would help you to, um, go through a birth plan. And I've noticed with me, um, I used to be like a big planner and, um, often at times, like even like my love story with my husband, like we were like, nope, let's just get married. Um, a lot, like a lot of the times, like when we have, um, those spontaneous moments, they work out great. Um, But when it comes to something that physically changes your body and um, the emotions that come and even the mental changes that come with it too, um, it's really important to have somebody that has been certified and has practiced this Um, somebody who can definitely help you along the way. Because I mean, even like we have so many moms, like so many grandmothers that know um, a lot about births and babies and everything. But a doula specifically, like we are taught um, everything from like the very first stages of like conception, like all the way to um, even like sleep education for infants. So having somebody that has been trained and certified in it is extremely beneficial. And how far along in a woman's pregnancy should she hire
0: a doula? Like, are we talking, are we waiting till the last minute? Like, well, no, I maybe mean not last minute, but I mean like 38 weeks, or are we thinking, you know, maybe somewhere in
1: between halfway? Um, more, more halfway. So about 20 weeks, cause that's usually when the anatomy scan is done. And, um, that's usually when they can determine if there's, like, any risks involved, um, that things can be worked out, and um, that's, I don't want to say, like, the safe zone, but um, that's kind of when, where you can expect, like, things are going to be going okay. Um, I had uh, a client who um, hired me around, I think, 20, almost 21 or 22 weeks. And, um, she ended up having a stillbirth and I I remember it it kind of like brought back like not memories, but more of like, um, my mom talking about when she had a stillbirth and, um, it it was just like, it it was sad, like really sad. Um,
0: I I, miscarriages and and delivering a stillborn. I mean, it's all so difficult and I can't ever put myself in someone's situation like that, because I've personally never been there. And it's just makes you so grateful that when we are, we, as women are able to carry to full term, but, um, And I was actually reading online too. And I was looking into questions for you too, Jay, that I didn't realize that there was a growing movement to train actually end of life doulas and abortion doulas, loss doulas and death doulas. Um, Like I said, I didn't realize that there was all these different options. um, As you think, you know, that of a generic doula for strictly offering just birthing services. So um, Mm -hmm. in your services, do you actually list that you offer infant and pregnancy loss support, or do you just like let moms know then, um, during like your initial consultation with them. Um or for circumstances such as these, like you yeah. said, you know, with this kind of like a case by case basis.
1: Yeah. So for me, like I don't list it. Um, but anytime I have met with a mom, I've always told them like that is something that I do. Um and like I don't want to say it's um it's something that shouldn't be talked about or anything, but it's more of um, I would, if I had like my own birth client, um, that was supposed to have a birth, um, everything was supposed to go well. And they ended up with a uh, miscarriage or, um, stillbirth. Um, I would then like offer that support to them. Um, it would be a bit more difficult. I would think for somebody who would just come to me saying, I just lost my baby, mm-hmm. um, mainly because I, I wasn't, I don't want to say like, I wasn't physically there to see everything go on. I wasn't there before it happened. Um, it's, I think like a more intimate experience that would grow into almost like a friendship mm-hmm. when you're there before it happens mm-hmm. and then while they're going through it and after. And, and I mean, like if there was a mom that came up to me and asked, hey, um, I did lose my baby, like, recently, Um, is there something that you can do? Um, For me, I would refer them to a perinatal uh, mental health uh, provider. So that would definitely be something I would be doing if that were to ever happen. So, Jay,
0: I have to ask you that, how many moms-to-be will you take on at once?
1: Um, So for me, because this is like a, I don't want to say part-time gig, but like a second job for me, I don't have a backup. So um, for me, it would be one a month, um, one per month, um, just because birth is so unknown, like it can happen anytime. So with with me not having a backup at the moment, it's just one per month at the moment. Because you
0: never know, because people could go early or people could go late. Yeah. And that, that can be hard too, you know, trying to schedule everybody out because it's just babies are un- unpredictable. You never know. No. So they so are. And I have to talk about COVID, Jay, because mothers across Canada right now are giving birth to what some have dubbed the coronial generation, but experts are actually saying for people to expect fewer births although it does not seem this way across my social media pages because it seems every time I log on to Facebook, someone else is announcing their first or second or third child. So have you seen this decline of uh, births through your practice?
1: Um, I've seen a lot of a, like of a decline in um, people asking or um, trying to hire a doula. Um, However, I've seen a lot of pregnant women and brand new babies, um, like all the time here. Um, But I think like what I'm seeing is, um, especially like being a mom of um, a child with a heart condition, it's a lot of like risk of exposure. So I've seen like a lot of moms not want to hire one mainly because of the risk of exposure. Also a lot are opting for um, hospital births just in case something were to happen. And in the hospital, they're only allowed just one person, which is normally their spouse. But yeah, so it's like, it's a mix of a lot of things.
0: And then how did it affect your services? Like you had mentioned earlier, you can't really be in person. And right now we're all having to stay at home orders. And would you be considered an essential worker in that sense? Would you still be allowed in someone's home? Are you still able to go just wearing a mask? You're able to touch the mom? Like how has that affected you specifically?
1: So with um, the lockdowns, I haven't been going to um, the homes. I haven't been having them here either. And Uh, before the lockdowns had happened, I had been able to go to um, the homes um, with a mask on, with everything, because it's part of my um, insurance. Um, That was one of the clauses actually in the insurance, like with COVID, like we had to follow the guidelines, the rules and everything, or we would not be covered. But yeah, so like I'm able to like touch them, things like that, but uh, not during the lockdown. Um, So I've had to do like online virtual classes um uh, phone calls things like that
0: well what if someone's expecting right now like what if someone goes into labor and you're just like
1: virtually i'll help you yeah, I, i've seen it in the states and like and i'm part of my alumni group um from graduation and they um somebody had posted in somewhere i can't remember one of the states and um the client was in the hospital giving birth and she literally had her phone up on like this like tripod with the duo on the other end, trying to coach her through everything. So um, it was pretty effective is what I found. Um, But I I don't know if, or I don't know for me, like I I would, to me, I find that not as um, helpful. Just like just the person I am mm-hmm. um being there on a phone like seeing somebody giving birth I'm like I, I don't know if I could do
0: this <laughs> yeah it's possible but it's not preferred obviously yeah, exactly. thanks
2: for tuning in to the podcast we'll be right back after we hear from our sponsors Hey there! Are you looking for an extracurricular activity for your six to 10 year old child to participate in? And are you looking for a safe activity that can be done in the comfort and safety of your own home? Hi, I'm April Resmer, and I've been teaching piano, voice, and theory to children for over 20 years. Here at Ms. April's Music Studio, I have designed a video piano lesson that is specifically meant for at-home study. This means no lesson times to remember, and no driving to lessons. It's genius, am I right? All you need for this course is a piano or a keyboard, the method books, and a Google account. And once a week, the lessons are shared with you. My next session starts this coming September. Visit my Facebook and Instagram at Miss April's Music Studio or visit my website at missaprilsmusicstudio.mymusicstaff.com to sign up and reserve your child's spot. Spaces are limited, so sign up today.
0: The Town of Petawawa and the Petawawa Business Advisory Network are pleased to support local businesses. Small businesses are an integral component in vibrant, dynamic communities. By their very nature, entrepreneurs innovate, disrupt the status quo, inspire creativity, and promote skills development. Small businesses are the very fabric and rich history of a diverse community. Support local businesses. Check out shoppetawawa.ca, your one-stop resource to finding businesses in Petawawa. View promotions and messages connected directly to business social and shopping platforms. Help our small businesses. shoppetawawa.ca
2: Hey guys, this is Holly from HA Video Productions, and you're listening to the OV Boss Babes podcast.
0: So, Jay, you yourself had three unmedicated births. So, I'm curious,
1: do you actually recommend to moms to have natural births? No. Um. So it's it's all of um about pain tolerance, and I've I found with uh, even though I, I'm almost covered in tattoos, Um, it's completely different. And when it comes to pregnancy and birth, um, it's a completely different kind of pain. So um, for me, I've always told the moms um, that I've had, just be open about an epidural. Um, Even if you're totally against it right now, just be open about it because um, you never know what your pain tolerance is going to be until you hit that nine centimeters. And I remember um, they, the hospital staff had asked me if I wanted um, Julian RVB to be born um, in the amniotic fluid, which apparently is very common to have. So they don't always break the water. But um, in this case, I was like, no, like it's fine. like Just break it. So it took like two or three tries to break it. I had a very tough membrane. And then they found meconium, and they're like, okay, like, I don't know if he would have swallowed anything. We need to have the NICU team in here. So I had like 20 people in the room. Um, The neonatal was right there just in case anything were to happen. So he came out and he was perfectly fine. And then um, with our twins, I was like, oh, I am doing this without an epidural. And I ended up in um, the hospital for three full days because I was in labor and it just kept stopping like I was having full contractions for like six hours and then it would just stop and then again and it would just keep doing that and um all like I had at least three of the ob's that were on call um in the hospital and two of them had said oh yeah you're gonna have a c-section I was like I'm not having a c-section I'm like both of them are in the right position Um, I don't have any risks, nothing. They don't have any risks either. And I'm like, I know what I can do. So the OB that I ended up getting for the birth, she was known to be the best twin OB. But um, she had told me, she's like, I've seen this happen many times where twin B will turn as soon as Twin A comes out, because there's more room, and she's like, I would prefer you to have the epidural, you don't have to have, like, you don't have to have any medication going in, we'll just set it in there, and you, like, and I had, like, the remote with the button, and she's like, you push it if you need it,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, and I remember looking over at my husband, I'm like, okay, this really hurts right now, and then he's like, he's like, do you want to push the button? I'm like, no, no, I'm good. I'm good. So I did not touch anything. And, um, they both came out and I ended up actually in pelvic floor therapy for about a year, um, just from all of that. But, um, it was, for me, it was definitely worth it. Cause it was like, I was able to have them without anything.
0: Mm-hmm. So, and I actually had a recent chat about Um, Well, I I had Smash and Tess's uh, CEO and co-founder Ashley Freeborn on my The Baby on the Brand podcast series. And she talked about her experience of having her daughter that was born in the NICU. And you went through that with your two girls. So she had actually mentioned, you know, that nobody understands what it's like to have a NICU baby until you actually go through it yourself. So can you kind of talk a little bit about that experience? Because even though she shared a little bit of it again, you don't understand it and you don't realize the kind of experience it is until you yourself actually go through something like that.
1: Yeah. So, um, so Charles, our first was actually our very first experience being in the NICU. And at the time at the IWK, um, the NICU was on a completely different floor and the maternity ward was, I think, on the fourth or fifth floor. So the NICU was literally at the basement. And I remember um, with him, it was extremely traumatic because being your first baby, not really knowing what's going on, his blood sugar levels were low because he wouldn't latch properly because of his breathing and his heart condition so it was like what am i doing wrong what is going on they literally just told me if he doesn't bring like if you can't bring his um like blood sugar levels up we're gonna have to take him to the NICU and this was before they even found anything out about his heart so here i am like stressing out i'm like oh my gosh and then it was like oh you have a postpartum hemorrhage by the way um we have to take him now to the NICU. And I'm like, no, like he's my baby. And I remember having like almost like a panic attack. My um, chest felt like it was caving in. So I had a lot of anxiety. They had to do like heart tests on me to see if it was my heart. Like I had issues with my heart, but I didn't. It was just, yeah, it was definitely anxiety. They never did anything about it. Um, And having Charles in the NICU and they didn't really know what was going on with him Um, they also couldn't even perform the surgery that he needed. So, um, they had told us that they're not even sure if he would make it past, um, three days old. So, um, and he was born at like 37 weeks and six days. So he wasn't like fully full term, but he Mm -hmm. wasn't exactly preemie either. So I was like, why, like, why, like what's going on? Like, was it something that I did? Was Mm -hmm. it something that like I ate and things like that? Obviously it wasn't, um, so anyways, like, I just remember like not being able to feed myself. So my husband, he would go down and see Charles and the NICU and he'd come up and tell me everything's going okay. Like, don't worry. And he's like, I'm going to feed you. Like, I'm going to make sure that you're okay and stuff. And, um, and that's what he did. And then, um, when Charles was four days old, that's when the IWK told us, um, we're flying you to sick kids. And I'm like, oh, Okay. So we're like, well, how is this going to happen? They're like, well, only one parent can go. And I'm like, no, wait, like I need my husband with me. Like, th- like this is not like a, a one parent show right now. Like I need him. Mm-hmm. And they're yeah. like, well, we can't, um, we can't confirm that he could come with you. So he ended up booking a flight on his own. He got to Toronto first, um, called my parents, called his parents. So I had my in-laws and my parents, Alex, were all at sick kids. They were, um, they had already spoken to the staff and the staff had already known that we were coming, um, but they just wanted to make sure everything was fine. Um, he made sure my mom made me like my home cooked food that I've been craving for like ever um, at that point, which was really good. And then Charles and I, we flew in the air ambulance that I came, I think it came from St. Justin in Montreal. And it was so turbulent, like, I honestly thought we were going to die. And um, he was in the um, the incubator. And I was, like, so terrified that he was going to roll or something. But, of course, like, there was a nurse there. Um, French is not, like, my, one of my strong languages. But um, it, it just felt like a very, like, cold ride. Um to sick kids. And it was just like I couldn't even really talk to the nurses. They were very French. Um we couldn't even like communicate. I did I was trying to ask them what was going on with him because like a handful of times like the alarm had gone off. And anytime I heard the alarm going off in the NICU, I was like, it's usually because of his breathing, like something happened to his, like yeah. his- And his that's
0: husband. a bad, that's a bad sign, usually when an alarm yeah. goes off. I
1: was trying to ask them and they were, they were like, oh no, everything, like, it's okay. And I'm like, but he, he doesn't look well. Like, yeah, yeah. can you tell me what's going on? And they wouldn't. And I mean, it wasn't their fault. Like they didn't speak English very well. Um, so he continued staying in the NICU because um, he was born on the 28th of April, so tomorrow. Um, and he was there for about two, two weeks or so. And um, I think that was so, like his birth and everything that came with it was kind of what prepared us for the girls. It was hard, it was extremely hard, but um, both, both scenarios with Charles and the girls, um, they were both challenging in different ways. I can't even
0: imagine, Jay, you've gone through so much with both of those kids and not that anybody should ever have something like to go through an experience like that, but to have a NICU baby for your very first pregnancy and not be able to hold them or to provide comfort and to have that super long flight from Halifax to sick kids hospital, like, going like coming into Ontario, regardless of which direction you're coming from is so long because Ontario is yeah. so big and then yeah. not having the proper communication and not having your husband there for support. I I'm honestly surprised you didn't get emotional. Cause I was tearing up just listening to that story that just breaks my heart. And sure you can be prepared now that you know what to expect with one, but to have it happen again, it's not fair, but I I think it's made you and Alex and your family so much stronger. And, and it's nice that, you know, and hopefully moms that are listening who've had that experience can reach out to you, um, you know, for someone to talk to, or, you know, new moms to expect that who are going through that or, or someone just even, you know, share the experience with you. And um, anyways, There are so many more questions that I want to get into, Jay, but we just have to wrap it up. But like I had mentioned in my opening, it's Mother's Day today. So what is your message to all moms out there?
1: Um, So my message to all the moms is I know this year and last year have been extremely difficult, especially for all parents. Um, I just want to let all the parents know to please take some time to take care of yourself. Self-care is very important because if we as parents can't be 100%, how could we give that 100% to our children? And I think the greatest gift a parent can give to their child is to show them self-care because when children grow up, they'll see that it's okay to take a break and it's okay to reset yourself and do things for you to make you feel better. So with everything going on with COVID, with job losses, with working from home, because it's not easy working from home, especially with little ones, um, just please take like, I don't know, maybe even an hour, maybe even 30 minutes just for you just to just reset yourself. That's the
0: perfect message for Mother's Day this year is self-care. You're absolutely right, Jay. I think, I think if there's an annual campaign for Mother's Day. That's what it should be about. So yeah. if there are any dads or husbands or whoever listening to this too, make sure your wife, your mama has some self-care on Mother's Day today. Yeah. All right, Jay. Well, we are going to move into my fan favorite, the Rapid 10. Are you ready? Okay. Let's do it. All right. So how many water births have you delivered? None. 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 Uh, best remedy for morning sickness. Ginger tea. Does fertility jewelry actually work?
1: I don't think so. Really? Eh? I've always been wondering about that. Well, even like the amber teething necklaces, like I felt like they worked for a really long time because I had them both on the boys when they were little mm-hmm. and then I had them for the girls and it did not do a thing for them.
0: Interesting.
1: So I was like,
0: I think it's just all in our heads. It's just about timing. That's what I'm thinking. I I think so too. (laughs) Well, and speaking of your twin girls, do twin girls run, or do twin girls, do twins run in your or your husband's families?
1: Yes, we found that out after the twins were born. But after um, the twins were born, my dad told me, um, your grandmother, like my dad's mom, and um, she had a fraternal twin. So Definitely runs on our side of the family.
0: (laughs) How many births have you delivered to date? Um,
1: Fifteen. Wow. And how long have you been in practice for? Um, Fully certified has been two years. So I've also done like births um, during my certification because I had to have a certain amount of hours for birth and postpartum. Um, so in total it's been 15.
0: Wow. Do you think our pets know when we're pregnant or in labor?
1: Yes. Oh my (laughs) goodness. Yes, they do. hundred percent. Our husky did not leave my side when I was in labor with Charles. He had his two front paws up on our bed and he waited there and then he'd go down and he'd lay down beside me. Um, it's just crazy, but I totally think that pets know. Um, I think for my, like, from my perspective, I feel like dogs really know.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. They just seem to have a sixth sense. Yeah. Um, what is belly binding?
1: Oh, okay. So, um, when we, a lot of the times, um, recti happens, um, where it's the separation of the, um, abdominal muscles. So, um, a lot like a lot of, there's been a handful of doulas actually that I've worked with um that do the belly binding I have never done it I've seen it happen um I've seen it being very effective so that's definitely something I would like to do and um go back to school for but um yeah so it's more of like almost like healing everything back together
0: a hack a breast pump or a Medela breast pump
1: um, I would say, I would say both.
0: Have you um, ever actually tried the LV or have you heard of the LV?
1: No, I, no, I haven't heard the, of the LV, but I've had, um, the Hakka breast pump and I used the Hakka breast pump in for like the very first, I think three or four months. And then I got the, um, the, uh, Medela Sonata. It's, it's more of like a very quieter pump. Um, I mean, like the, the Haka pump is completely different, but mm-hmm. I got the Sonata pump mainly because I was like, oh, I didn't I didn't wanna wake up my husband when I was like trying to pump for both the girls and stuff. But um, I would definitely say a combination of both. And Jay,
0: what is one local business you think that everybody should know about?
1: So I have like two in mind. Um, one, so my best friend Tirsa is actually starting up her own business. Um, I think she's called it the heads it's head start lactation services um and she she's the one that's been an rn for many years um with experience working in labor and delivery she's a mom of two military spouse and recently certifi- certified as a lactation consultant and she's actually going back to school in september to become a perinatal um mental health counselor so I know she's starting up her business soon and she's definitely a a really good person to talk to when it comes to um, anything lactation or um, with uh, postpartum mental health and all that. Um, And a second one's actually our neighbor, um, Stina. She's amazing. Um, She runs her own um, massage uh, services and it's called Reset yoma so it's actually she actually like she's a certified yoga teacher and she teaches at peak yoga and sometimes at beyond the mat but um she's actually done certain classes where she works like yoga and massage in together and she's done um a lot of like couple yoga and massage classes and alex and i we attended them and they were amazing um and she has like that wonderful voice that when she's teaching it and when she's talking, like you're in a really good like place. So she does like all the meditation classes and all that, but she's amazing. Um. So yeah, definitely, I'd say those two.
0: That's great. I'm glad you came with two for the podcast. You normally, I know that it can be hard to think of uh, just one, so it's always nice to hear. You know, a couple other uh, shout outs there. Well, Jay, this has been very informative. And like I said, I wish we could talk for so much more. There's obviously so many more questions I had for you. So we might have to bring you back for around two sometime. Um, but tell everybody where they can find you, how they can book with you. And hopefully once COVID is over, actually get to have you as their doula
1: in person. Um, so I'm on Instagram and Facebook. My Instagram is mainly just... Um mainly just, like, pictures I'd post on um, just random, like, I have, like, I'll have random thoughts, like, in the middle of the night where I'm, like, oh, like, this is something, so I'll, like, post it with, like, a picture from Lemon June, um, so anyway, so I, I do that, but um, I have my Facebook page, and I, I would take on um, inquiries and messages and um, clients on from my Facebook page called The Baby Days, and um, and yeah, so they can message me on Facebook. I don't have a website set up yet, but that'll probably be in like coming months. In the works. And your
0: services are listed online as well, Jay, and you are taking on clients right now. Do you have any pregnant moms on the go? Right now, I don't. All right. So there you go, guys. If you're pregnant and you need a doula, Jay's your gal. All right, babes. Well, you know the drill. I publish new episodes every Monday. So stay tuned for next week for my next one. We can't wait. And we hope you guys from Jay and I, we wish you a very happy Mother's Day. Jay, thanks again so much for speaking with me today. Thank you.